Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight we have a full house. We have Ash. Hey there. We have Rob. Good evening. We have Kev. Hello. We have Scott. Good evening. <laughs> and we have Mr. Spence. Hi Carl. And uh, first of all, the first thing on the list tonight is uh, we're actually... <laughs> you probably heard Scott. I'm fine. We're going to be announcing the winners, of, the winners of our competition. And uh, we're going to start with, so I think Kev, Rob, and Spence are all kind of... It's a Facebook competition, right? Yeah, the Facebook yeah. competition. For it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. really a competition. Yeah. <laughs> you had to do literally not much. Well, it wasn't, you didn't have to compete, no. It was, it was more of a um, like this a draw. win. Yeah, yeah sure. if you will. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. I like that. Push so, sensor on your phone screen. We'll go with Kev. Kev. I can do it the best. <laughs> Who did you pick out of the lists? Gary Winslow. Gary Winslow. Hey, Gary Winslow. Gary. Winslow. Gary. Gary. All right, Gary. Okay, we got Rob. Rob, what we got? Uh, my finger has chosen Heidi Ames. Heidi Ames. Yeah, Heidi. 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 Yeah. And then Mr. Spence, we got. And our third winner is Bobby Mullins. Bobby. Uh, hey. Bobby Mullins. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Job, Bobby. Oh, Bobby looks pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to be sending you, uh, we'll actually, we'll message you all individually and uh, we'll get you to send us your address or PO box. We're not creepy, we promise. And we're going to send you, uh, send you some goodies. Well, I can't talk for it. Well, you shouldn't say that. Yeah. So, right. Not that's what creepy people say. That's what creepy people say. That is, isn't it? Yeah, that's what creepy people yeah, say. We're not creepy we're at not all, creepy. by the way. I think I wear skin. Clemens went bad. No skin suits around here. So we're going to move on. We have candy. <laughs> Ten puppies. <laughs> and white vans. Lotion. The vans on. And we're going to get back to where we were. To. <laughs> Scott, you got some news for us today. Some news. Well, it's, it's actually a little bit old now, but um, it was actually on our Facebook. Unfortunately, it's not happy news. Is news ever happy? I guess some news is happy. Some good news? This isn't good news. Puppies. Um, one of our fellow firefighters, not one of our fellow firefighters, but one of our fellows in the fire service, he was run over by a semi-truck recently, in the past week or so. Hmm. Oh, it's Saskatchewan, um, which is kind of, you know, Saskatchewan is known for its flat, straight highways, but from, and you can see things from literally 100 miles off. Um, However, from reading the article, there was a very heavy fog and ice, and... um, they had stopped at an accident, and it was actually an accident, I believe, between two semi-trucks. And while they were doing their traffic control and their duties that we commonly do on fire scene, or on accident scenes, um, he was hit by another um, semi-truck and unfortunately died. So, um, this happens far too often. People, and We have talked about it briefly on briefly. some of our episodes, <clears throat> on our MBA yeah. episode, I know. Winter's um, coming, I think we mentioned. Yeah, winter's yeah. coming. I know uh, Rob... There's one that we saw today, um, which is another video we'll probably post actually on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trooper from Florida. Yeah, Florida State Trooper. Um, 
there was a an accident there that he had responded to and another vehicle had been hit passing by and caused it to veer towards his area where he had another bystander and he managed to get that bystander pushed out of the way but was struck um, and there's actually video online there too of that from one of the dash cams of the cruisers yeah. um, that shows it so so it sounds like he's recovering yeah uh, from the news that I read right now he's recovering in hospital right now right. and like I said there's like hundreds and hundreds of these videos of people getting hit by uh, or sorry first responders getting hit by vehicles on accident scenes and I believe Spencer might even have a story that we may have he may have mentioned before but it's always good to reiterate yeah I suspect we've talked about this before but, uh, yeah, I, just the same old thing, doing traffic control for a car crash um, in a cornery part of our highway. Um, the guys were working sort of down the road from where I was, and I got a good sight line of uh, this car coming towards us that didn't seem to be slowing down. So I checked my escape routes and made sure that I wasn't going to get run over. And uh, this person kept coming and kept coming and didn't seem to be slowing down, and... I was waving my arms and just no even intention of slowing down. They didn't even see me at all. So I smacked my stop slow paddle on their windshield as they drove past. And <laughs> that caught their attention and they slowed down. And I calmly went up and suggested that they uh, pay attention to the road. And there's a bunch of people working in the road coming up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've talked about that story before, I'm pretty sure. But they were pretty, uh, the person was pretty... Apologetic? Yeah, quite, scared? Yeah, quite scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no damage to the car. I'll oh, make sure to mention that. Mm. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. since that, we've talked a lot about, too, about positioning our trucks for right. yeah. safety as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane how much <clears throat> this consistently happens. You know, it, it's not like you can miss us. We're in fluorescent outfits we're wearing our high-vis vests we've got our stop sign paddles and we're in the biggest truck <clears throat> yeah you know <laughs> and it's giant regardless of whether it's dark or not you obviously know something's happened you can see the flashing lights and yet there's still something that goes on in people's brains where they feel like it's still okay to drive through there like a dickhead and it's it's ridiculous oh. it is ridiculous i hate it i think it's... i mean something else <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's harsher words for sure for what it's worth, in my scenario, um, the fire truck was just around the corner, out of sight. So yeah. from where I was, you couldn't see the, the mm-hmm. fire truck, so this person couldn't see the fire truck. Were you, were you wearing reflective vest? It was daytime. Oh. I was wearing my turnout gear. I may or may not have been wearing a high-vis vest, but I was wearing turnout well, gear. Well, it seems to be, too. Daytime or nighttime, a lot of people get distracted by the flashy lights and sometimes, yeah. <clears throat> take their eyes off the road. Yeah, and I really don't, I really don't know if there's ever going to be a solution for it. Like, do we... Yeah. signs don't seem to work you know a, a guy who is bigger than a stop sign yeah you know and we've got a stop sign in our hand mm-hmm. so i mean how do you even i, I mean i know <coughs> shut we shut down the highway a lot now yeah but i mean shutting down the highway also takes a little bit of like the first few vehicles yeah once we get the first few vehicles stacked up then everything seems to settle down because people start seeing that lineup and they start slowing mm-hmm. down but well even that i'm waiting to find accidents in line and oh yeah. Rear yeah. yeah it's gonna happen at some yeah. point well, I mean, I know I've been there. I know I'm sure most people have. Have you driven from town to town that you drive every day? Mm-hmm. You're a little exhausted. You only spent a long day. Maybe you didn't sleep well last night. 
and you arrive to where you're going, and you try to remember How you got there? the drive that you just had. <laughs> <Three days. laughs> you're so sober, like completely sober, um, and you're like, oh man, I do not recall any bit of that drive, and it but, happens more. But often. I feel if I saw something out of the ordinary, it usually snaps me out of my mm-hmm. haze. It's usually the reason why I don't remember is because I'm kind of in a like, oh, I've seen all this to before. Mm-hmm. But if I see a deer or something walking the road, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. it snaps me out of my. Mm-hmm. My funk. Um, so I'm assuming if you saw a firefighter standing on the road, well, I know from driving and seeing firefighters. Right. Maybe it's because... I'd be like, oh, cool, firefighter. Yeah, what are they doing? What's going on? What's going on? And even just to carry on with that, uh, driving the apparatus. How often do you have a stack of cars in front of you that just yeah. is yeah. so oblivious to the lights and siren and yeah. just a little mm-hmm. bit of a rant here, but... Get out of the way, people. Look at your mirrors. A guy was telling me today, it's from one of our northern neighbors, he was telling me they drove to a fire call and uh, someone forgot to turn the, they had the siren on, but they forgot to turn the lights on. Or when he was turning the siren on, somehow their lights got flicked off. So they're driving with sirens and <laughs> shouting at people, why are these people moving? Because <laughs> everyone had their windows rolled up and no, yeah. so they're like, then they get there and someone else is like, hey, you don't have your lights on. <laughs> Oh, that's oh. right. Well, <laughs> and I can see it happening. Maybe not in our trucks, because I, I know our trucks, we have the, uh, in our engines, we have the lights far separate from the sirens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on a lot of the, the, a lot of the sirens and panels, they have them right down next to, next to one another. So yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yes, I mean, we all, we all know and we understand that we, because we, we all, I think a lot of people who obviously listen are, are firefighters, or, or at least you know they have them in the family. So we're all a little bit more, um, what's the word? I guess a little bit more conscious about the fact that these things are going on, and it could be one of your, you know, our family that's out there doing these things. So I don't really know how you even raise more awareness for this. I feel like it could be, it should be something that it gets to that point where there is some sort of something to raise awareness for this kind of stuff. Just to really try and help people focus in and remember, like, right? They're trying to help people. Please stop running us over. Well, the other thing is, people driving through our fire scenes run over our hoses. Yeah, Mm -hmm. people do that quite often. Yeah, I've seen so many videos on that. And then (laughs) burst the hoses. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes they drive back and forth like that one guy. (laughs) 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 While we're trying to put his hose back. (coughs) I think too for our safety too is that we have to be aware pay attention to vehicles coming towards us and not get distracted with what might be going on behind us as far as an accident scene and make sure that yeah we can have a peek but make sure that we're always watching that roadway too. always have your escape routes yeah don't turn back clear yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely had it I might change at any given minute that escape route make sure you stay you to are, the, make sure you're aware make sure you stay to the one side of the road and you know when cars are coming from the opposite direction make sure that you're watching them too, watching and that the they're not cutting across yeah, too sure. early, and just look yeah. for that eye contact. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, you know, we we're all thinking about this guy, and you know, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Unfortunately, we know it will. Um, yeah, I I don't know what to say, Rick. Yeah. Um, on to the next thing. I guess. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna go over to. So we were <clears throat> we're trying something a little bit new. We we've been looking at some uh, some video stuff, and uh, there was recently an apartment fire in Texas, and uh, we're gonna post the video when we post the episode, and uh, the video shows 
a apartment building on fire, um, and it seems like the fire is actually in the in the stairwell, and then people are having to jump and drop their kids out of windows. And... Because essentially the fire escape. Yeah. Seems like it's on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is that's all bad. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, like <clears throat> so it's from the it's from the perspective of someone out on the street. They're actually viewing the building. Um, and that you can see the fire just blazing in the stairwell and people um, smashing out their windows, trying to breathe, dropping out of windows. Um, Neighbours come by to help. They've got mattresses for people to drop onto. You know, they were dropping their babies out the window. It was, it was nuts. Luckily, it was only, it was only about three stories, if, mm. I, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't crazy high, um, but still, you know, dropping your, your two-year-old kid out of a window into the arms of somebody else because there's flames licking out mm-hmm. you. It's... Yeah. It's terrifying. So we're going to discuss a little bit about um, about that, and we're going to talk maybe a little bit about that with the apartment fire stuff, because today's episode is related to apartment fires right. and how uh, good tactics for, for tackling those. So who wants to start? Uh, I can start. Yeah. Um, first of all, in that video, I'm, I often wonder like where their doors close in their bedrooms, because mm-hmm. it's right up first thing always, you know, since we talk about the uh, close before you doze now and all that sort of stuff um can't reiterate enough to close your doors if there's a fire if, especially if you're inside to isolate that room because but i don't know it's hard to tell in there there's some smoke coming out of the windows but it doesn't seem to be too thick or too black yet but it could also be because the fire is still hasn't taken full effect in the in their apartments yet um in regards to apartment fires um there's lots of different tactics i think we're in a small enough area where we don't have major high-rises what i think i know we're not <laughs> um most of our buildings are the three to four like kind of like that that mm-hmm. video uh three to four stories if we have an apartment building it's about that high it's not much taller yeah um so there's a bunch of things we can do for dealing with apartment fires if it's in the stairwell it would be a little bit different case because uh obviously a lot of our techniques are based on using standpipes and using that um, fire escape as our safety zone. So if it's in the stairwell, we would just have to hit it hard from the yard kind of thing with the, probably the two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, um, if it wasn't in the stairwell, we did some training this summer, actually. Um, that was it was beneficial because we actually got to go to uh, our friends in the south where Todd works. And uh, Todd from episode... Leadership, leadership two. We got to go down to their uh, their their new uh, hall, which has a really nice burn or really nice uh, tower, not a burn building. It has a very nice tower that we can train in. Do some uh, got a nice standpipe and stairs, and um, you can actually repel out of it and stuff if you needed to. And then actually, in exchange, they come up to our our facility and do some live fire stuff, which we've been doing with them over the past few weeks. Um. If someone wants to take what we do for tactics, they can go ahead. <laughs> so I don't want to be the one talking the whole time. <laughs> I'll just, I just quickly watched that video again uh, while you were talking there. Uh, it does look I, like... That was rude. What? <laughs> <laughs> I updated my Facebook status. <laughs> Second night to the wife. Only yeah, no, for sure. Um, you were saying about the, the rooms maybe being isolated. Like, did they close that door? So it looks like from where the main fire was there's two rooms adjacent to it and the initial bailout looked like it was out of the, the room directly next to it right. and yeah there's definitely some black smoke coming out of there 
But even right at the end, when it's rolling out of the window uh, to the left, to the viewer's left, um, it still looks like it's definitely separated. So two rooms over where the last people were coming out of, it's pretty clean air still while they're... I mean, they, they've got no exit. It appears, obviously, they're coming out of the window because they've put themselves in there. But there's all... Like, it's involved directly outside of whatever room they're in. <laughs> So once we post it, definitely go, go back and have a look. It's uh, it's definitely crazy what just shutting that door buys you for time. Yeah, there was because uh, there was there was two videos. There was like a smaller, shorter video of it, and then there was the full news segment that they had on the the news thing there. And uh, so I, I viewed them both, and that news one afterwards, the reporter guy is standing there with the image behind him <laughs> on the blue screen of the building being destroyed. Like yeah. so, it shows one photo of how everything above was just burnt out that entire top floor. Mm -hmm. And then underneath that, it shows like the picture of they had to demolish it. Like it was, right. um, it, it would have been tough to get to, right? Because the the main stairwell is sure. your point of access. Yeah. So unless you've got ladder trucks or you're throwing ladders to windows, yeah. um, you know you're coming. The, the the lucky part, or at least the part that looked like um, it, it was a little bit easier, was because it was open. It was an open stairwell. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, a closed, true yeah. Uh, yeah. a true fire escape. But the confusing part to that is, most of those are just concrete. So what was on fire? I, no, I think there's a lot of wood frame. There's a lot of stick yeah, frame. That, like sure. I know around here we have a couple of stick mm -hmm. frame ones. Brown it looks like yeah, 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 that's, that's like that vinyl. That's stick, stick frame. frame. Yeah. 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 yeah it seemed like the whole because the whole thing was engulfed, right? <clears throat> but yeah, so it was. Uh, it was it was interesting. So let's maybe Spence. Uh, maybe we'll. Fire escape be wood. Yeah. Yeah. The wood. I don't know if it's a true fire escape though. Yeah. Because if it's open, I don't think it's a true fire. I think it's just yeah. an access. I think it's just their their stairwell. There's a lot of buildings like that. Yeah. There is. Yeah. yeah. With wood fire escapes. Well, with uh, it's like wood paneled or siding, but normally the stairs are normally concrete. Mm -hmm. Normally, especially for those accesses, they're normally concrete or they're uh, they're metal for the majority. But normally it's concrete. Normally, mm -hmm. so it's hard to say if that was a fire escape or just yeah, just yeah, The fire escape could have been cut off some other way. Or, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely, yeah, because we only get to see one side of the building, um, and there was no other, no other exits or in that at all. So uh, maybe we'll 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 talk a little bit, Spence, about um, maybe just rolling up on that, and maybe what what kind of thing you'd call, um, you know, if you were if you were officer on on scene. I guess just describe what you see. Fire coming out of the center of the building. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to tell rolling up on the scene that these people didn't have any other means of egress. Um, you'd certainly be calling for ladders right away quick. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we've got 35s on both of our engines. Uh, they'd be going up to either side of that fire right away. Um, post a <clears> truck <throat> at either side yep. and just sort of treat it as a pair of incidents with a fire in the middle. Mm -hmm. Right, um, the people, of course, would be number one priority, and then the extinguishing the fire would be the second, and yeah, that one would be Big Walter for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't going away anytime soon, is it? <laughs> it's actually funny. I don't, I don't know if you, I know if some of you guys are aware that we got a new nozzle, and yeah, it's funny because yeah. it, it's a it's a two and a half nozzle, but it's it's actually pretty small, so. Was it you, Ash, that crammed the noisy cricket? Was I am a big. Oh, 
Spencer. I'm a, a big right. pusher of it. Right. So we're now going to call it the noisy cricket from uh, Men in Black fame because it's it's a very small nozzle, but it mm. packs a big punch. It sure does. Mm. And it was smoothbore. We had sheep. We got yeah. we went and got yeah. a smoothbore nozzle. And we did some testing. Yeah, we did. We're a little off uh, topic right now on uh, barn fires, but it actually it relates because it's yeah, big fire. Big we, 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 yeah, we did the live in the barn fire. Yeah, and then, uh, but I also believe uh, Rob did some testing over some training ground. Yeah, we did, we did some pumper yeah. practice the past couple of Thursday nights. I must miss that. Yeah, you missed that. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently, yeah. not. Oh, I ended up going. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ran it side by side with the uh, two and a half fog yeah. nozzle, yeah. and yeah, you're just throwing buckets of water out of that smooth bore compared to that that fog nozzle. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like the reach was very similar, just to kind of, I know it's off, but it did seem like the reach was, the reach was very similar. They were close. I think the, the smooth border was maybe 50, 75 feet further. But again, well, that depends. I took a walk out into the field where we were shooting the water right. and um, where we had the truck parked hooked up to a hydrant. Out into the middle of the field, there was a tree, and yeah, I say about fifty feet past that is where the smoothbore was. Oh. Was the tail end of the right. the water hitting well, the ground? A, a huge. Day. Yeah, I know. Just we did the tests we did out back. We did that first night we got it. Mm-hmm. Just running off of a standpipe. Um, it was it was going farther, like mm-hmm. than the other one. Yeah. It's also the fact that you know you get the. Get that extra, extra gallons, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, and that's what water. another member mentioned to me after coming back from it. They said uh, they were calling it about 20 feet difference, yeah. but where the combination nozzle at the end was very scattered. Dispersed. Yeah, yeah this it's, is it's more dispersed. Like... <laughs> this is the smoothbore nozzle was reaching out there, and it's still at that distance, putting a much more concentrated. Yeah. Yeah, um, to lose. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. So this, I mean, big yeah. water, big water is coming out, obviously, yeah. and that, so, especially in that scenario, right? Coming back to before we went off on our little side, there. Um, every scene is a, your first officer on scene doing that three sixty is super key, but on a building like that, um, I mean, we're only looking at that video from this side. I mean, who knows what's going on on the back side of that, right? So getting eyes all the way around while these trucks are coming, mm-hmm. coming on scene is going to be super, super important. There's actually a news story about that fire where they've got a body camera of a police officer on scene <laughs> where he went around the other side and there was still flame shooting out a window <laughs> or out part of the stairwell on so the, the opposite side. side. So everything's yeah. no <laughs> But he, he went up the stairwell to check other apartments and get people out. Um, so I don't know how far he made it exactly of that, but... Yeah, at the very end of that news story, they showed a bunch of police officers going into the building and mm-hmm. hollering at people to get out. <laughs> so I guess back to the apartment fires. Um, so a couple of things we can do is, if we actually arrive in the... And the fire escape isn't on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we, and I guess the first one you would probably... Uh, uh, roll into is is going to be the standpipe usage because mm-hmm. unless it's like the you know second floor there's actually a pretty good video out on uh brass tacks and hard facts everyone's kind of a fan of that yeah you guys a fan of that 
Big fan. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they do a series of uh, of training videos. Um, Elkhart Brass. They just, yeah. that's, that's who does it, puts it on. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of their re- most recent ones is talking about when to use a standpipe and when to just run um, run a supply line up, up the stairs. So maybe second floor... If you hit a standpipe, it might take a little longer. Is if you just ran a supply line up the second, up to the second floor. So maybe you're not always going to hit that standpipe. Also, maybe in some of these big, bigger cities, the standpipe might be damaged, so you might not be able to use it. Because people stick stuff in it, and like I don't, we maybe around here we might have that too. You never know. People mess around with stuff all the time. Um, so we got the standpipe usage. We can use, uh, you know, you got the the wet standpipes which are already ready to go. Um, which is more in the new buildings, I think. I don't. We have kind of a mix around here, yeah. new and old. Um, and then we also have the dry lines, where you just basically treat it mm-hmm. like a pipe in the wall. Like an yeah. empty, it's an empty hose yeah. in the wall. Yeah, That's an right. empty yeah. hose bolted to the wall. Yeah, and then you can charge it from there. Yeah. Um, so that's the standpipes. Um, Ash, you want to talk about the other options we have if the standpipes um, aren't the thing we're going to use? Yeah, for sure. So we have... <laughs> Spencer just gave me the uh, the, sim- the, sim- the signal the international symbol for dropping the deuce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as Spencer just alluded to, uh, you you can do a technique coined dropping the deuce. So uh, it's We're, not a big stretch. Uh, what sorry? Sorry. Which once again we gotta give credit to. I believe it's Aaron Field from Nelson mm-hmm. Forward for coming yes. up with that. Awesome. Yeah, it's genius. <laughs> so it's not a stretch of the imagination. It's dropping your two inch plus. We have a two and a half uh, hose line over the balcony of whatever um, floor you're going to be working on, um, and then you know hooking up from uh, the bottom into the engine there. Um, Rather than trying to stretch a line up a stairwell, uh, you carry it with you and drop it over um, dry and then hook up and flow water up. And I, yeah, I found that to be <clears throat> uh, pretty effective because um, I believe in the old days, well, when I brought it up this summer, um, one of the older officers said, oh, well, we, used to just, we would just run it up the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And that would be, we, we estimated that we were on our feet. Yeah, it, it was like four or five lengths of hose versus it was like, we could throw one length of hose down. One, yeah. So... Just the pressure loss and you know the trouble of dragging that much hose up the stair stairwell versus taking a window out <clears throat> and throwing out the uh, like throwing the one end out of the window. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about it. What if the um, um, fire escape or what if what if the stairwell wasn't good enough, wasn't viable for you to do that? You could find and you could, once you get to your fire floor, take one of the apartments that's not involved or that's far away from the fire and go out their balcony tie off to something because you have to tie off because when that was one thing we noticed when we when we tied off and then we we charge that line um, the weight on that hose is quite substantial which yeah. we knew was going to happen because mm-hmm. there's a lot of water running up a running vertical up a, up a hose 50 foot hose yeah but you can get you know four stories um with one like the hose basically and now to think about that we always come back to um you know, hey, can we use a fire hose oh, yeah. as a last chance thing of egress? <laughs> and we Stole always it. say, what, yeah. <laughs> well, how would you do that? What's going to make that safe? Well, if we're doing that, it's tied off. Mm-hmm. So now you have a, I mean, this isn't key by any means, but you have a semi-secure 
it's the better than jumping out, right? You have yeah. a semi-secure hose line that you can... I'd be willing to try that one day. Yeah. I was totally going to talk yeah. about that. I just saw a video recently that mm-hmm. was showing... I that's think rappelling out an inch and a half. Yeah. I saw that Chicago yeah, Fire yeah. first episode. <laughs> first and only episode I've ever watched was Chicago Fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Uh, yeah. Uh, rappelling out with a fire hose. Mm-hmm. Nice. Maybe that'll be one of our videos. We. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Right. Why not? Right. Let's try it. We'll do. We'll do it on Baylight. We'll do it on Baylight. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I guess back. Sorry. Before we went to drop the deuce, uh, back to the standpipe, um, one thing we carry up with us obviously is our apartment pack. Um, so we would carry our apartment pack. We have a short length of hose. We actually need, did we make it shorter? I think we made it shorter. We didn't make it shorter. Because it was actually too long. Um, so we figured, we actually had it about a six or six or seven foot length. Now we're yeah. down to about four foot width, just, just about Yeah, perfect. it's pretty, pretty perfect. And then we, um, we hook into the standpipe, put the a gated Y on that. And then run a Cleveland roll. Yeah, the Cleveland roll. Mm-hmm. I haven't, haven't talked about it in a while. Have we spoke about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we run the Cleveland roll, which is originally what it was intended for, for us. It was that. And we've just ended up using it for everything else under the sun. And I've never had an apartment fire where we needed it yet. Yeah. <laughs> but when the one day it happens, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Man, are we ready. <laughs> yeah. So that Cleveland roll, we, and the best part about that is you can deploy it in the stairwell yeah. or in a, in a very narrow hallway and go from there. So. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, does someone want to briefly touch on ladder rescues? Because I know that would have been one of the situations that we would have had to have dealt with when we, if we'd have pulled up to this scene, it definitely would have been something that we would be attacking. Anyone? Yeah. Go for it. There's a couple that we use. Um, one's that called the hinge rescue. I mean, other than the straight ladder rescue. Like, yeah, straight yeah. ladder rescue, throw the ladder and... Climb yeah, in, climb out. Climb out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these specialized ladder rescues that we have. Um, I'll take hinge rescue. Sure. Cantilever hinge. Yeah, yeah cantilever hinge rescue. Um, it, it's uh, a way of getting a stretchered patient off of a high point fairly quickly. It takes a bit of setup time. Um, but it involves uh, standing the ladder straight up, flat against the wall of whatever your structure you're on. Um, with the ladder going above the window or above the parapet of whatever you're dealing with. And you strap the um, stretcher straight to the ladder, nice and tight. And then you uh, employ some rope rescue techniques to lower the whole assembly down as the ladder tilts away from the building, footed against the building. And the, um, the stretcher stays you know, up at the top of the ladder <coughs> and you use the, the rope rescue Lower I think that might even need a video. I think that needs a video. I can picture it by your hands. I can picture it by your hands. Yeah, I'm right there. Uh, with but it is, if you can all see these hand <laughs> gestures, you'll, you'll know. It is one of those, because I remember we did it when we had the open house, and I had not right. seen it before. Mm-hmm. And watching, because even when you were, or it was being we're, we're explained, setting, we were setting it up, and, and then it was like, up, you yeah. know what, just forget it, let's just do it, and you'll see. And then it was like, oh, this is amazing, course, like, this uh-huh. is so easy, yeah, yeah. and everything's yeah. like weighted back, and it was, it was, it just went so smoothly. You know, and one thing we haven't done, and I really want to try, <coughs> really, and it would be easy to do, is uh, do it in reverse. So like, um, I often oh. think, you know, you, you go to these big cities, and you look, and like I know I was just in Vancouver. And looking down in, you know, they got the big giant construction sites. And you're looking down at these big pits where there's ladders to get out. But what if a construction mm-hmm. worker fell and, like, broke his back or something? Now he's in this pit. 
So if we went, if you went reverse, mm. um, even you know around here, you know, the construction people working, even if even if it's eight to ten feet, trying to get a person with a busted back up a ladder eight to ten feet could be pretty substantial mm -hmm. problems for them. Yeah. So uh, I believe if we went reverse, all we would need at the top would be like a Z rig. Yeah, pull them mm -hmm. up reverse, right? Yeah, you'd have to be concerned about where all that rope's moving, look like across the parapet, because yeah. some of that rope starts to move really quick, right? As yeah. it changes direction and stuff. Yeah. I think we should test it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think we should. Yeah. 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 So you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. well right. <laughs> but so, so that's one thing that we I, I always wanted to try to try the train. To the train. But obviously the hinge rescue, it's its not really made for a fire like we're talking right now because, uh, yeah. you know, if the room is involved, you have to kind of be in the room to make this work. It was always kind of made for, it was always kind of used and made um, for like someone gets, like a roofer gets hurt on the top of a roof and we want to get them down. Or, you know, maybe there's a, someone, maybe it is a fire, but it's, uh, you know, maybe some of the other floors are involved and we just want to get people out. Especially like people that are uh, older and can't maneuver quite as well. A like bariatric patient. Yeah, so we want to get them out, but we have some time to, to work. So, because once that thing's set up, we could literally probably take you know, five, ten people out fairly quickly. Just keep raising and lowering that thing. Yeah. Because once it's set, it's good to go. Yeah, well, at the open house, that's what we were doing, is going up and down. Yeah, just drop, yeah, just putting people down. It's safe. Like no, the the people in the stretcher, you don't even notice you're doing it. Like you think you're gonna go off for this wild ride, but you just it's pretty smooth and you mm -hmm. go down. Um, so that's one of the one of the rescues. Uh, high point rescue. Yeah, the high point. We we did the high point rescue too. Mm -hmm. um, where at we the open yeah at the open house we did yeah. the couple of those rescues. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, we practiced that in the summertime. Um, with a couple of the new guys that haven't done any of the bailout or self-rescue. Uh, one is the, the high point where um, we have uh, maybe an injured firefighter or, I think we talked about this, uh, injured firefighter or uh, maybe a patient that's in a room that we need to get out. And so what we can do is take our ladder uh, that we've used to enter the room and we'll extend it further and put it uh, above the above the window maybe even out on the the peak of the win of the uh, roof and what we'll do is we'll we'll take a, a carabiner and a rescue rope and we'll run that through the rungs not all the rungs of the ladder but we'll run it through a couple of the bottom rungs of the ladder up and put it above the window run it um run it three. through a rung above and kind of make a a loop or a, a u-shape that is beanered into one of the other rungs above the window and it kind of acts as a pulley. A, uh, a pulley yeah. thank you that's what it is yeah the ladder turns into a friction device yeah. and a pulley right. and so from that we can use uh carabiners rescue straps to um, harness a person or firefighter either to their uh, ba on the back and slowly lower them down if we need to um, from that point yeah. um, obviously with a couple of guys inside it it really helps to get them up out of the window get them levered out of there and uh, helps the guys down below to slowly get them to a point where they can lower them yeah it, and it, safely it works great yeah so that's kind of for an unconscious yeah. butt breathing patient and that one can uh, that one can um, that one's a little quicker Today. And you and you can also do it from the exterior, like you could 
drop two guys in because we we've de not deployed it in real fire, but we've de used it in training to have the two guys go in VIS, find the patient in there, and then the second guy goes in to help package the patient up because maybe they're a bigger patient. And uh, so while they're doing that, the ladder gets raised, the rope comes up in a different position, mm -hmm. and uh, while the guys are in there working, they can um, they can hook that patient up and drop them out the window. And if we need to, we can always uh, self-rescue or you know, bail out if we have to. Um, that's kind of what that one's for. And it's, it's, it's a lot faster than the uh, hinge rescue. Mm -hmm. It's not as... Uh, it's not as comfortable or, you know, it wouldn't be for someone if they have, like, an injury, like, like a busted back or something, because you're essentially like just hanging out. So life over limb or, uh, it's yeah. definitely more geared for speed. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really good for writ. Um, but one thing I notice when I watch these videos of people getting rescued, like ladder rescues, or people getting rescued out of windows, is that when they're unconscious, like, it's... Like um, there was one video we just super watched today. Like, they're super dead weight. Like we watched a video today. They, they were not even. On, they were in the same like like a ground floor building, and they were having trouble getting the person out of a window. Oh, lot of trouble. Yeah. 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 So it's like. Well, deadlifting, deadlifting yeah. like 150 yeah. pounds, and you try to do that with 200 pounds. Yeah. Obviously, we know way yeah. more than that too, right? Like, and we do it with a fire dummy, but fire dummies are they're not really they're not true dead weight. They're no. they're kind of like that stiff weight. So it's we like, did mm -hmm. that that high point rescue. We did do that. Uh, in one of our training nights where we had one of our guys just like just lay there lay there yeah. mm -hmm. and we did use rescue straps and cross them in the back yeah oh yeah uh, make harnesses and and mm -hmm. made it into basically a double harness yeah. with another strap and the guys inside would have to lift and the guy on the rope would have to make sure that he That's he blade the, blade the yeah. line made sure that took he was took up that slack and made sure he got them up and out of there it did work and it can be done um but yeah it's a lot of extra weight so imagine trying to do that yeah. without any ropes just trying to get the guy oh, on the person the on the ladder yeah. and bring him down like slide oh, yeah. him down like the you know the books Old teach yeah. mm -hmm. like even if like so i know the book says if they're a bigger person you can put two ladders side by side but even then it's like you're trying to maneuver yeah, get down them the slide over the window so onto, <laughs> onto the ladder yeah. slide him down the ladder and not yeah. have their dead weight push you off mm -hmm. the ladder and all yeah. that sort and of you're not Again, volunteer firefighter podcast. We're not a we're not a truck company from New York that trains this stuff every day. That's right. Um, but when it when it happens, we can't be like, oh, we didn't train this every day. We <laughs> have to do it. So sometimes we have to use other tricks to get yeah. things done. And it's a good one. It's a really good one. You know, we've we had a few of our guys actually. Going out. I remember we had uh, Grant that we were slowly dangling out of there. And some of our really heavy guys too. Yeah, like some of our big boys. The wind picked up there for a bit. <laughs> yeah, good job we had him tied up, and I was able to catch him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it it worked great because the the amount of friction as well. If you need to increase more, you can just do another loop on the ladder, and you give your extra. And it's, it gives you so much extra friction to be able to control that weight. Differentiate. Well, I think we need extra friction ever. No, never no, no, we've never no, needed no, it. But if no. you did, like, it's yeah. there. Well, if you do, you just move the rope further, closer to the top of the ladder. Yeah, and it makes yeah, that it bend was, tighter at the yeah. bottom. Right. One rung on the bottom, and the two rungs where it's hooked up top. Yeah. And we had one guy at the bottom of the ladder who was able to hold it off, tie it off with one arm, and <laughs> break it no problem. Right. Yeah. 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 Break his arm. <laughs> break, break, the, break the rope break no problem just take it off yeah. so uh, I guess that leaves us with 
Oh yeah, right. The uh, one more, I think. Yeah, we got so dropping the deuce is uh, is the one, and then we got shooting the Y, which is uh, which is another one that from nozzles forward. Um, it's more of a lesser used one, I think, because um, it's really like you're um, you're lowering the gated Y down um, to hook up to another um, to a supply line. It's definitely more for the smaller, like kind of a garden apartment fires, like where you maybe bring your Cleveland roll and you got your gated Y attached to it and you lower it down. Um, we wouldn't really use it on a big fire, I don't think. Like on a big apartment fire, like the one we're talking about. Um, I think dropping the deuce would be the the, the mainstay. It's the one we train. Yeah, like we we I think we tried. Oh, did we did we do shooting more? No, we tried. I don't think we trained it. I think I just I think mentioned we just it. Spoke about it. And, yeah. yeah, it was, you know, like anything else we do. Again, volunteers, we gotta. Well, like anybody, they only have so much time to train, so we have to definitely see what's gonna be something that we will be able to use and something that we may not be able to have the time to train. It's probably it's a very valid technique, but it might not be something we need to train on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, dropping the deuce is definitely probably the one we're gonna be using the most, other than maybe a stamp pipe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, I think just as some kind of final points, Cleveland roll. <laughs> Can you explain um, that Cleveland? Can I say an alphabetic Cleveland roll? Yeah, that that is uh, it's super useful for everything we do. Like we've got it on every truck now, pretty much. I think. Right? Has Rescue got one? No. No. Rescue doesn't have one. Oh. Rescue needs one. <laughs> we were actually talking about converting some of our hose bed up top into yeah. a few Cleveland rolls. There's been mm -hmm. some banter. Mm -hmm. um, just to give us uh, more usefulness on, on that uh, one, because we have an inch and a half bed that doesn't get used all that much. Um, so we're talking about maybe there's some discussion back and forth amongst a few of us to see if there's maybe Cleveland rolls up there, or, you know, I don't know, other, there's other options. but Yeah. 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 Just because I think they're, it's definitely a better way to use um, than a donut roll. It's... <laughs> So it's more efficient for deployment, I think. I find it's easier to carry, too. Well, like we discussed it get, on that. You get more length, way easier to handle. Yeah. 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 And it, it, the, the deployment, like, again, we used it on the we used it on the wildfires when we were back in the wildfire season. Mm. When we had that big grass fire um, at the back there, it was perfect. Like, just lugging that down the hill, way easier than trying to carry a couple of donut rolls. Yeah. And it gave us that same length, and I didn't need to try and throw a donut roll into off into fire. brush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was because it's, it's, it's yeah. all brush, right? Yeah. It's all like spiky cactus and brush. Yeah. And yeah. you you try rolling a donut roll out in that, it just yeah, it's a recipe for disaster instantly. Yeah. So having that be able just to mm -hmm. just drop it, connect it, and go yeah. was by far superior. And back to Scott's thing about the Cleveland rolls on the truck or a couple extras, and I we're a volunteer department. And we can kind of tailor our truck to what we're going to use most. Unlike some the bigger cities. cities where they have to have it laid out in a specific way because they attack or do certain types of hose lays all the time. Where we can maybe not eliminate, but use the bed of our, our hose bed more efficiently for what we're going to be using it for. Yeah, I think uh, I think if everybody 
looked at it that way, you know, because a lot of people, it comes back to that everything stays the same. We've always done that way. It's always been the same way. But if you actually took a a critical eye to the way that you load your trucks, even just with some of the equipment, how when was the last time you used it? When was the last time it was properly looked at? You know, is there stuff that could be added to it? Look at your hose beds, look at your trucks, and figure out, well, do we actually use that? Is there really a point to it? Or is it just taking up space and could we use it for something that's way more useful for the critical situations that we actually get into? Uh, and I know that we've been doing that quite quite recently, especially. And I know that we're lucky again in that sense that the leadership is is behind that uh, and yeah. and helping us with that too. Well, and like Rob said, we don't have a top <clears throat> we don't have a top heavy organization because we're like I'm assuming well uh, yeah well like things like New York and L A they have a lot of members and they probably have to follow a very strict standard of this is how like Rob just said that this is how your truck is set up, whereas we can be like. Well, we're one, we're one hall. <laughs> we only have two engines. We can look at it and be like, we can, you know, we can play with it, see if it works. Can always go back. Yeah. Yeah. So, the LAs in New York also have multiple platoons running the same yeah. equipment, whereas we're more of a single unit that rotates guys. Yeah, as long as everybody's trained on it, we're. Yeah, as long as we all sort of let everybody know what's going on. We yeah, we have more flexibility. But it's the random ragtag bunch, right? Because yeah, again, yeah. you never, you never know who's going to be sat next to you on the bus, right? So yeah, yeah. everybody needs that. And keeping it simple, not doing a bunch of crazy lays, like having a Minuteman and uh, a Cleveland, which is basically what we have right now. Yeah, um, much. For the most part, that way we're not. Oh, we have to remember this truck does this, this truck does that. It's like no, these are the hose lays we have. And maybe that's a question for our listeners: is to have them comment on what what, what they may yeah. be using, what they might be doing different from maybe that's the, larger departments. Huh? <laughs> maybe they have something yeah, somebody hasn't thought of. And, uh, truck episode, maybe. I wonder if we should we'd love to hear about episode. that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's we'll, we'll, we'll have that as a post rub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, any more for any more? Okay. Ash? Yo. Rob? Kev? Later. Scott? Good night. Mr. Spence? Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Good night.